0: Hello and welcome back to episode three of the away End, where every day is an away day due to our location here in the USA. Episode three, I'm back with my lovely co-host Alden. Say what's up, man. Hello. And uh, we have a new face for episode three. A great friend of mine, great friend of Alden's, Brody Mueller, Manchester United fan. Brody, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm great. Uh, excited to talk about the World Cup and going into the Boxing Day.
0: That's fantastic. I see that you're sitting next to Alden here, so we got a little bit of a rivalry. You guys gotta keep the fist down for for today while we talk about football. Can you guys do that?
1: No promises.
0: It'll be all right. It shouldn't be too hard, especially in the beginning. We're gonna start off with the World Cup 11, the best 11 that we think deserves to be shouted out. Um, FIFA obviously came out with theirs. We're not gonna really talk about that. Um, just kind of see, go over some of the people that we think. Deserve to be in this starting 11. Some honorable mentions as well because, obviously, we can only pick 11 people. But there's, what, 32 teams in the tournament. So some guys, you know, could deserve a potential shout um, that deserve to be in this team that might not make it. So we just want to make sure everybody gets their flowers and their praise. Um, Before we talk about, obviously, the big final that happened and then go into some of the stuff with the Premier League being back in Boxing Day. But we can jump right into it. Uh, Start with the forward line. And Alden, we'll we'll go ahead and start with you. See if there's any city bias that continues from some of the past weeks that we've done. Who do you have starting up top, man?
2: My striker? I guess it would
0: be Julian Alvarez in this attacking three. That's not a bad shout. I went with Mbappe as my striker purely because, I mean, he got the golden boot. It's hard to go against him. But he was one of the guys down that I had an honorable mention. Brody? (laughs) Uh, It was a debate. Between uh, Mbappe and
1: uh, Alvarez, but I had to give Alvarez the honorable mention. He was good. For, <laughs>
0: he was good for Argentina, and I. It's really interesting for him to win the World Cup, and then he comes back for City, and I don't even think he starts for you guys. Entire, if I'm entirely honest, but he's a World Cup winner.
2: No, he won't start. But we'll see. Maybe Pep's crazy. He'll play two up top eventually.
0: He has to. I mean, you have the potential goal threat of of a monster of Holland running in behind, being able to break the line. Pure speed, pure physicality. Like he's not exactly the player that we've seen Mbappe growing to be, where he can break the line with his dribbling potential and all this other ability that he has. But he's a natural goal scorer, and I think that it's going to be very interesting to see who kind of takes the role up top, specifically for this Manchester City side in the next coming weeks. Uh, I know Holland played pretty recently. We'll get into that game against uh, Liverpool a bit later. But Julian Alvarez was was very dangerous. I had his partner, uh, Messi as my left winger, because I feel like – or my right winger, I guess. How else could you choose Messi not to be when he finally got his uh, crowning moment for the World Cup? So, you guys agree?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I For honorable mention, just because I had nowhere else to, to put him, I put Giroud in my front three as an honorable mention. I think he got a little disrespected being subbed off in the final in the 40th minute. Understand, I mean, it worked, but uh, you're taking off arguably one of the best nines – at that World Cup, and you take him off in the 40th minute was a little disrespectful, in my opinion.
0: I wouldn't say disrespectful. I think that it was definitely, like, unorthodox. You're 40 minutes into the game, you want to bring off two of your most dangerous players that have, I guess, two of your most dangerous pay- players in some of the past games of the tournament. I wouldn't necessarily say they were the most dangerous players in that game, so I I kind of saw why he took, especially Dembele off. Giroud was a bit... Out there, I feel like, because I think he maybe deserved a little bit more time, or at least to make it to halftime. But like you said, it worked. I
1: mean, he's the top goal scorer for France now. Why, why is he being subbed off? He's taking off Terry Henry off that list. He's not number one anymore. and You're going out and subbing the 49. That guy's always got a got a goal. He, he's got a goal in him every almost every game. He's a goal threat, and he's being subbed off. I'd, could they have won in regulation time if he stays on the pitch?
0: We'll I mean, never we'll know. see. I mean, he has, it's obviously true that he was a like an aerial threat as well, and this Argentina team was not a good side in the air. Um, I could definitely see a shout for him. I also had Gakpo in my honorable mentions for up top. I think it's hard not to make it into the eleven whenever you uh, don't make it as far in the tournament, obviously. But he's a young kid that scores in every single one of the group stage games, and not to mention he's getting his position changed from a ten. To a nine, I think that's difficult for him to play. But for somebody to be to be that young, and already kind of be on the radar of people, and then have the performances that he did, I don't think it's justified him being in the actual eleven. But I think that he should at least get a look, or at least an honorable mention in in the shout uh, of it. But I think my right, my left winger, I don't even know at this point, man. Messi can just go wherever he wants. My team, but I also had my other forward as Saka.
1: Oh. Man, have you ever heard more of an Arsenal saying? That's true. That's true. Sokka
0: <laughs> well, not make it in the starting line? Oh, God
1: damn it. I, I went with uh, Vinicius. Vinicius? I, I, the man was a weapon every time he touched the ball in every game he played in.
0: I don't think that justifies him getting in the team, though. I mean, what was his, like, how many goals did he get in the actual he World He finished
1: Cup? with two goals and two assists. Sokka had Three goals. Okay, but the only reason you're putting Saka down
0: is because he was the most dangerous player. Did you? The England but did team. you? Did you?
1: See, did you see England's group stage?
0: What do you mean? Did I see England's group stage? He played fine in the group stage, apart from the game against the United States, which was, I think, we're all going to unanimously agree that that was the most boring game in the World Cup tournament. Yeah, he played bad, to be fair. But he is a youngster that's coming in. He missed the Euro 2020 final penalty. And now to come back onto the world stage and score three goals, get England as far as they did. It's not like they got knocked out by Tunisia. They got knocked out by France. Like he, and he was the most dangerous player for England, in my opinion, against that France team. He won them a penalty. He got fouled outside the box a couple of times. He, I, and I brought up, I think it was last episode that we had, whether he was better than Usman Dembele, and I think that he is better than Usman Dembele right all, now.
1: All I'm saying is Rashford came on as a sub. Rashford does not deserve to and, be in this team and scored, over soccer, I, I 100% agree he doesn't deserve to be in the team, but you're saying that Saka scored three goals. Rashford came in and scored two goals in a quarter of the time on the pitch than Saka.
0: Okay, and? And you're putting him... And Saka created opportunities for other people. Oh, I'm in... Intrigued just hear who you said.
2: My left winger is Mbappe. My front three is Mbappe. Julian Alvarez Messi. It's front three.
0: That's fair. I can understand that. I I did. Maybe a little bit of City bias. My my Arsenal I did have
1: Rashford as an honorable mention.
0: Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think he's...
1: An honorable mention. Did you see him? Every time he stepped on the pitch, he was lethal. I can understand not putting socket
0: in there. Like, I can understand... That Sokka is a little bit of a push. I put him in there because I love Arsenal, because I love Sokka, and I think that he will deserve to be in the starting, like, best World Cup eleven, at the next World Cup. Do you,
1: do you believe Sterling should have been starting on the left for England?
2: No, he didn't. I don't know. It was Phil Foden most of the time, no?
0: Yeah, but Foden need to be playing attacking mid, bro. We all agree that Foden so needs to play take, him. Take
1: Sterling off the pitch. Who you put in there?
0: Jack Grealish. I don't know, man. He has a point. But It's not a clear, it's not as clear-cut as you think. You know who is clear-cut, though? Kyle Sack on the right wing for England. But, well, who's he got on the right wing challenging him? Nobody, because he's exactly. Sack. He's no, because him. there's he's no one guy. in the
1: England squad on the right side that's to, challenging him.
0: To
2: Birdie's defense, though, if Marcus Rashford scores that free kick against France in stoppage time, he's in the starting 11. 100%. But he didn't. But who? But I think he's a good honorable mention.
0: I don't know, man. I can understand him being an Manchester. honorable mention, but you're, you're <laughs> talking about him being an honorable mention and coming up against, like, he did less for England than Saka. You're talking about him as an honorable mention, but you still have a problem with me putting Saka in the team, which doesn't make sense to me. But that is the only England player that will make it in my team. Um, I do have another Frenchman as my attacking man. I put Antoine Griezmann.
1: Oh, 100%. Griez- Griezmann's in mine. He
0: ran the show for France in my uh, opinion. He,
1: d- he did everything that Pogba and Conte did in 2018, and he did it in 2022 without either one of them.
2: I think I would agree with you guys. He's not in my eleven, but he slipped my mind. My One of my midfielders is yeah, Luka Modric. Not- Luka, gets- Luka, Luka Modric is also in mine.
0: So
1: Luka Modric was an honorable mention for me.
0: That's fair. So who do you have instead of him?
1: Uh... You sure to hear my, all my middle three? That's fine. Uh, Griezmann, uh, McAllister for Argentina, uh. which, m- personal opinion, I think McAllister's stock was already raising from the beginning of the season in the Prem and this World Cup. I, I will – 95% he's gone at Bryan in January.
0: But to where, though? Chelsea?
1: I, I would love to see him stay in the Prem because that's what I watch the most of, and I think he's a brilliant player. If he goes to Chelsea, I think he's a moron because Chelsea buys players for no reason and don't know how to probably use them. My last one was Casemiro, just because not not just because he's a United boy, which he's not a United boy. He's new this season, which he's been very helpful. But Casemiro is a true six for Brazil that Brazil
0: needs. Interesting. There might be some United bias on this table as well. I don't like well. that one.
2: You don't like Casemiro. Casemiro, not you don't at think all. he played well in the World but Cup. But
0: before we can get there,
2: McAllister was the worst player in that Argentina midfield.
0: I would disagree with that take, but I, I would agree that McAll- people are giving. I think everybody's giving a lot of the Argentina, players more flowers than they deserve, especially in this the middle of the park. I okay,
1: th- okay. Take take it. Take the World Cup final away. Everything. One, that's the biggest stage that you can ever play on. That's the biggest game that guy's ever played on in his career. But take everything else besides that, he was brilliant all World Cup. I
2: thought, I thought he was bad outside of the assist he got in the final. He got the assist to Di Maria on that ball to the far post. And outside of that, I can't name what he did. I think. But, he, but that, that goal to Di Maria, was that not a brilliant ball to play? It was. But he, the one pass in the final, he doesn't make my But But he, he doesn't play that ball. He goes, he goes for it himself. Then I continue calling him stinky because I think he had a, ba- he had a bad tournament. I, I think watching that Argentina team, you can tell that he plays for Brighton and they all play for world-class teams. Besides Alvarez and Messi, who else plays
1: for a world-class team that's competing for a Champions League? Someone,
2: who, I'll go into my midfield. Someone who will go to a world-class team, Enzo Fernandez. Baller in that Argentinian team.
0: Any he midfield? Yes. I hate Enzo Fernandez. I, I think he balled out. I can't stand to watch that dude play soccer. Bro. He's going to go to a big team. He definitely will. And I and I hear a lot of people are talking about him either going to Liverpool or him going to United. That's where I see him heavily linked right now, at least like when I scroll through Twitter, but it's also Twitter. So it could mean nothing at the end of the day. Uh, I went with like a 3-4-3. Uh, reasons for that we can get into a bit later, especially when we talk about the defense here in a second. But my midfield – was Griezmann at attacking mid, and I went with like a diamond midfield with an attacking mid, two seat center midfielders, and then one defensive midfielder. Um, where my two center midfielders were Modric and Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez. I think Bruno Fernandez uh, yeah. was very good at this World Cup, I and I think that he actually did deserve to make it. In, did Ronaldo score it? Uh, If you want to count the lick of hair that he got (laughs) onto the ball, it was just funny to me. People were talking about, "Oh, Messi would never like celebrate a goal like that." Oh, Messi's
1: not reaching that in the air there. Yeah, but Messi's not even attempting to. Messi has also
0: like celebrated a goal that he scored with his hand, bro. He swatted the ball in the goal with his hand, and he still like didn't say anything about it. So come on, man. Of course, Ronaldo's a goal scorer. He wants the records. He wants everything. Of course, he's going to try to take it. That says nothing about his character in my eyes. Um, But then my DM was Amrabat. I mine, think mine as well. I think that he was just too good not to put in. in apparently people were like hella confused because there was an Amra Beth that played for Watford in the Prem not too long ago, and he was like awful. But apparently the one that played really good at the World Cup was his brother. So it was like throwing everybody for a loop whenever they were watching on TV and saying like, oh, they think that this guy was actually just like this hidden gem that the Premier League couldn't inspire, but it's actually his little brother, which made me laugh uh, to a certain extent. I also had in my honorable mentions Chuamani for France in sure. uh, that DM spot because I could see him going in there as well but it was hard for me to justify him going in there and me having three French players when they made it to the final and lost then have and only have one Argentinian player in my squad. So it's difficult for me to say that but Chiuameni is definitely a special talent that Real Madrid have on their hands.
1: I threw uh, Tyler Adams in, as an honorable mention. Might be a little biased, but if you go back and watch all the group stage games and everything that he did, how many miles he was putting in for the team, to one, should have won more points than they did in group stage. But for captaining a team at such a young age and having young guys all around that have no World Cup experience – I thought he did extremely well.
0: I've talked to a lot of international guys that watch the U.S. I mean, obviously being in the U.S. and everything, they want to stay up to date and be able to talk to some of the locals about the team and everything. And the only thing that they've talked to me about really is like how much Tyler Adams works and that he's a really good player to have in that defensive midfield because he just runs the whole game and covers the entire pitch. And they, I, I, that's basically him and a couple of other people here and there Um, Have been highlighted as like the future of the US men's national team from an outside perspective, which makes me feel good because I do really like him and I'm glad to see him playing at Leeds. I don't know if I would put him up as an honorable mention in the best 11, but from an American perspective, it isn't like he's definitely our best player in my opinion. Um, Some people might look at it and say, like, Pulisic or Gio Reyna or somebody like that but I think that the most important player to this team is Tyler Adams and the identity that we have playing currently so um you guys all you're playing a three back in your best 11. Yeah so my
2: other midfielder is Ilkay Gundogan who I think is a tough shot because I didn't go too far and he's not like they're attacking midfielder like high average so to say but he's also more of their striker in this tournament. That's a who do you bias. support again? I think Ilkay Gundogan had a good tournament.
0: <laughs> I think he had a good tournament, but man, you get knocked out in the group stage as Germany, but, and you're getting a person. But put listen, how the best none of us are
1: putting Gavi in there or anything, and he was brilliant all the World Cup for Spain, just because he didn't make it far.
0: I thought I'll put in being the best eleven,
1: like, not even an honorable 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 no, mention, no. but Gundogan does. I don't think
0: line. he deserves an honorable mention either. <laughs> I think we got somebody that likes Manchester City over here sitting <laughs> on the table, putting it whoever he feels like. Go to it. your, go he to your, just, go
2: to your back line. You're lucky De Bruyne isn't in there. Okay.
0: Yeah, bro, I'm just De Bruyne. Saying,
1: if you would have put De in that would have been, that would have been, been terrible. Brody, he terrible you're speaking to workout. a guy
0: that the past two podcasts we have has said that Vincent Kompany is the best defender ever and ever, Kevin, like ever, like ever. At City,
1: uh, I would agree <laughs> with you. At City.
0: And he said Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder of all time. He's one Champions League away from it. Exactly. Of all time. Like, better than Maradona. That boy's like that. Me, can't put Maradona at one. There's no way KDB surpasses Maradona with one Champions League. If he keeps
1: doing what he's doing, and he's... But the thing is, if he's going to have Haaland in front of him for the next three, four years... Who knows what the guy's assist record can get up to? I don't.
2: I think he won't break the assist record. Who was it? I think – I forget who it is. I think it's Shearer, who was in the Premier League since he was like 18, and his assist record is so high like no one will ever catch that. So, in terms of that, I don't think De Bruyne will ever catch it,
0: but in my eyes, just just the way De Bruyne plays. That's fair. You don't have any Man City players in your defense, do you? I do. One. Okay, well, who is it? Nathan, a- Nathan Ake. Oh, Ake? Okay, okay.
2: He was a center back playing left back, and he played very
0: good at left a-
1: back. Ake was my left back as well.
0: That's interesting. Um, I didn't feel like there was that many outstanding left backs. Not uh, any. I put
1: Luke Shaw in there too as an honorable mention. Oh my god! That was just to piss you off more than anything else. <laughs>
0: um, I personally didn't feel like there was a good left back that I could choose consistently to be in the best eleven of the tournament. So that's ultimately why I chose a back three. And I said I can't justify myself playing. So, uh, Who's a your left back three? Have decent. I went with a back three of Hakimi. Plus. Guardiola and Upamacano. I think Upamacano played yeah, the best all those. as a center back for France. I think that in the World Cup, the World Cup final is really what kind of decided that for me in terms of his performance. Um, I felt like there should have been a France defender that got into that team uh, with some of the harder guys. Kunde. I
1: uh, he didn't. I had him, I had him as, I have a, my right back as eleven. Okay. Just because I, I, I put Hakimi as my uh, honorable mention just because his services weren't there in the important games against uh, France. He looked shaky on the ball going up I mean, up he's coming against, against Mbappe. You know? Oh, 100%, but he sees the guy every day
2: in training. But it's one thing to play against him for 90 minutes. It's like, because like, I feel like you're in that also game, playing with Morocco. Yeah, he was very limited to his attacking. They played very defensive their whole tournament. So he, I feel like he just,
0: he was not in that natural role he plays with PSG. I don't know. Just the penalty that he had, the celebration afterwards, to knock <laughs> Spain out.
1: Oh, there's going to there's gonna be a, a monument in Morocco of him. Probably, of this 100%. team for
0: sure. But it's important to notice that this means that Africa gets two more spots in qualifying. For the next World Cup because they made the semi-final for the first time. That's so we're going to see more African teams and I think that we're going to see a lot more African teams make it further in this nation or further in, in this tournament. I think what I found of Morocco, I really thought that Senegal was going to be the first team to do it. I'm glad that an African team did it rather than not having one do it. But I really thought Senegal was going to be that team. But that was also when I thought Sadio Mane is going to play with them.
1: If he's at the tournament, does Senegal make it further than what they did? Probably,
0: but then somebody also raised the the question to me of like maybe they're doing it because he's not there. Not necessarily like he hurt, hurts the team, but maybe they're like okay, we don't have Saudi Mane. Where this is going to have to be like a group collective uh, effort for us to get deeper into the tournament. And to be fair, they made it out of the group stage, so they I think they did fine. Mendy was shocking um, for them, but that was my back three you can already you've already said one years each Brody, what's yours we can just kind uh,
1: of mine was cool to volley just because I thought he was a brick wall back there and he has a muppet in goal behind him that's why he's not starting a chelsea anymore and then you're gonna hate me for this one but like the only I wasn't saying he was outstanding all tournament
0: he put hammerWren but
1: he was a very consistent guy in the back for England I don't
0: think he was England's best center back if I'm entirely honest. I, I think, think John Stones was. I disagree.
1: I think Harry, I, I put Harry Maguire as an honorable mention, but he was just an honorable mention for me. Just He was a very consistent center back for England, and it helps when the slab head has Nathan Ake next to him to cover his ass.
2: My other two defenders were Guardiol and Hakimi. And then my goalkeeper was Lavakovic, the Croatian goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, I had Lavakovic as well. Wow. I went with Summer.
2: They got beat 6-1. Yeah, bro.
1: I, did you see did you see a Switzerland back line? What's he supposed to do with that?
2: Yeah, Akanji had a
0: mare that game. If you would have said, uh, like, Emmy Martinez, I could give it to you. But you said, yeah, I'm Summer.
1: And then I, I, I was debating between that and Lloris. But the only reason I
0: didn't put Lloris... Because Lloris sucks at penalties and he plays for a dog shit club team.
1: And... Well, yeah, all true. But he didn't have to do much work when, until knockout rounds, and look at his back line. His back line's all world class. But when he got to knockout rounds and they needed him, he was brilliant. I will give that to him. He was brilliant, in very important moments. But, I, I I think Summer gets a little bit shafted. He's a Good goalkeeper. He's just always been in Germany playing.
0: I think he'd be brilliant anywhere he goes in plays. Good goalkeeper, but I don't wouldn't say good enough to be in the best World Cup eleven after you especially get pipes. Well, I know that in. everyone else
1: is gonna put Martinez in there and I don't I'm tired of hearing
2: him I think Martinez had a pretty poor tournament outside that save he made in, in the, the hundred
1: and twenty third minute, yeah. yeah. That but the same t- you look at that, he doesn't make that save. My
0: honorable mention was the Moroccan keeper. That yeah. save. Like, he was all brilliant. Bono, man. I believe his name is. So good for him. I just I don't know why I couldn't. I think that ultimately the reason that I put Livakovic, is that what his name is? Yeah. Uh, The only reason I kind of edged him in that spot is because Croatia beat Morocco in the third place game. So I feel like somebody that gets third deserves to be in the team a bit more than somebody that gets fourth, if that makes sense. And they're they're kind of the reason for that. Because the way I see Croatia and – Morocco going through is just kind of similar in the styles that they played, so that's that's kind of one of the reasons why it edged me. Um, any other thoughts on like potential goalkeepers, any defenders that we could potentially throw in the mix for the best eleven?
1: Not best eleven, but there were a lot of goalkeepers this tournament that people either had no idea that existed or they grew their stock up by a little bit. Like Matt Turner being at Arsenal, I th- I think he's going to get more loan deals thrown out in January for him to actually get playing time.
0: Um, we already saw Ochoa is joining a team in Syria um for the rest of the is, uh, season.
1: Does he make a 2026 appearance for Mexico?
0: That would be crazy if he did. He'd be 41, um, I believe. Neymar says that he wants to play in 2026. He's come out and said that. Don't rule out Messi. So We'll see. I, I don't know, man. Messi I mean, don't rule out Christian. Messi has
2: to go while he's the hero, I
0: think. Yeah, Messi says that he wants to play in the Copa America, but I don't see that happening.
1: I mean, the guy's 35 years old.
0: Yeah, but... If he doesn't run at thirty five, he's not gonna. He's gonna run even less. I think at that's the best thing about
1: him. He doesn't need to run. He just turns on whenever he wants and he scores.
0: Well, I mean, if we're gonna sit here and talk about Messi, we might as well move on to the final: Argentina versus France. Messi obviously winning his first World Cup um, and settling the casual debate of Ronaldo versus. Do you really
1: think it's officially done now?
0: I think, from a casual perspective, it absolutely has to be because if you're somebody that doesn't follow soccer. You know now. I mean, half the world's population watched that game. We have to put that in perspective and say half the world's population watched Messi win the World Cup, which is something that Ronaldo has never done and will never do. So when you put it like that, I feel like the debate is kind of over. Now, for people that want to sit here and talk about football week in, week out, that are going to follow it till the day that they die and all that kind of stuff, the debate was already settled for... On each side, no matter what. I mean, that one game wasn't going to change, you know, a, a messy hater into. a Oh messy yeah, lover once or once you like
1: grow that. up one way or the other, it's hard to switch. But the personal opinion, there's no debate anymore, and I and that's coming from most Ronaldo fans, are United are United fans or Real Madrid fans, but. Sitting here as a United fan, I'll see right now, Messi's the greatest player of all time.
0: Oh, I wonder why you're going to say that after he sat down with Piers Morgan and told you guys
1: you're
0: <laughs> dog shit after, especially, uh, not after he said it, but after Jose Mourinho said it too, and now the Glazers want to sell the club. I mean, we'll talk about Manchester United here a bit more. But, yeah, I definitely think that that game settled the Messi versus Ronaldo debate. But now people are potentially looking at wanting to give Messi this super Ballon d'Or um, that was only given to Di Stefano. I think it was like in 1980, they only award it once every 30 years for the footballer of the century or something like that. And it's the only award that Messi hasn't won, I think, or like one of the only one or two. Um So there's like a whole bunch of debates on whether he should win that award. I think he probably will end up, I mean, they literally are giving him everything at this point. They, did you guys see like the whole ceremony after he won it? How they like, put the robe on him too and basically like yeah. crown him like the king of the world cup essentially.
2: I think that was cool. I think it was
0: cool. Like I don't mind it happening. There's a lot of people that said like it was different and he looks funny and everything like that. But you have to recognize like the culture that surrounds where the tournament is being held. So I think it's kind of actually like really interesting that they put their own twist on it in that way.
1: What, what are your, what are your guys' thoughts on Martinez celebrating that world cup? And,
2: I think he deserved it in a sense. He had a, He had a pretty bad tournament, but he he wins the straight out in the end.
0: I mean, that's just who he is. The way he was
1: celebrating in front of Messi about his own teammate?
0: Yeah, that's what I don't like. Because if I'm (laughs) Mbappe and I see a picture of Messi standing next to Martinez, who's got a baby with a picture of my face on it, I'm going to be like, hey, yo, dog, this ain't cool. Like, we're going to have to have a conversation about this, man. So. At the end of the day, Martinez. Go ahead. Sorry. Is a
1: man. Messi's not going to sit here and tell him what to do or, hey, don't do that around me. Plus, the guy just got done winning the best trophy you can win for your country.
2: I think the Martinez deserves to celebrate. The whole team does. But to go back to what you said about the Super Balloon Dior, that is extreme meat riding. If they give that to him, that's crazy.
0: I would agree to a certain extent, yeah. Th- who deserves
2: it over him? No one. No one. It's, what thanks a Super Balloon Dior?
0: It's just in a, It's literally just a trophy that they would make up that they could give to so Messi. So they could
2: meat ride him. I think it's crazy.
0: Yeah. He deserves it. For what? Being the greatest football
2: player of all time.
0: So you get a award just for being the best? If
2: he wins the quadruple and gets the World Cup... Sure.
0: I'd have to agree with Alden in this one. You can't just be making up awards out of nowhere to give to people whenever you feel like it. I get it. It's Messi is the best ever, but he's not like he's not even the best player in world football right now. I personally wouldn't say. Well, no, I wouldn't say either. Exactly. So why are we going out of our way like everybody I feel like everybody in this Messi narrative is like pretending like this is like 2012 Messi that just scored 92 goals in a calendar year. Nah, bro, it's 35-year-old Messi that runs around, scores four penalties during the World Cup, and then we want to say, like, oh, my gosh, he's so good, he's so great. Man, he kicked the ball in from 12, 13 yards. Come on. He even missed one of his penalties. I feel like that would be a retirement trophy for him,
2: which which isn't fair. If it's a super Ballon d'Or, he
0: should be at the peak of his career.
1: They're making up for the time they didn't give it to him after 92 goals.
0: They gave him the Ballon d'Or.
1: No, but not the super Ballon d'Or. (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: I could put super in front of everything. You want, a, you want a super beer from my fridge that doesn't make it any tastier than any other beer that I give you? A beer, so A beer is a beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can flip to the other side of this final and talk about the man of the match, in my opinion, that should have deserved it, Mbappe. How you score a hat-trick in the World Cup final and you still lose? Fat S- L.
1: Second guy to ever do it. Hey, hey world class performance. Like, talk about some of the greatest well players in today's right now. He's up there for debate. Hey, you can't touch a guy. Do I want to see him in a different league? Hundred percent. Do I think it's gonna happen
0: soon? I think there's only one place he can go from here. Oh, and when it comes to, when it
1: comes down to money, yeah, It comes down to Real Madrid. Did you see the billion dollar offer?
0: Yeah, I saw I heard that that they're willing to make a billion dollar offer to sign Kylian Mbappe. I think it was over the summer, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll see if that actually happens whether that's factor cap. Um but so, this guy is just something different, man.
2: To talk about Mbappe in the final um his, his two goals are penalties, the volley he scores.
0: Jack, how tall are you? 6'3. Are you saving that volley? No. It was struck too hard. I and think it's kind of like I'm not gonna sit here and say that it was like the goal of the tournament. Oh, Joe was, was saving that.
2: I think it's savable. I think, he I think sh- it is savable. I think he shoots it before the goalkeeper gets set, which is what tricks Martinez.
1: Agree. He was he was. If you go back and watch it, he was mid air shifting to his right, and when you're mid air, you can't magically touch the ground and shift your entire body go the other way. I think Martinez had no no idea that he was gonna take that shot. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, but I mean, still,
1: for you to pull that off from 14 yards out. Is world class. No one's no one's thinking of doing that. But does that goal right there take over the goal of the tournament? No. Goal of the tournament. Charleston? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it 100%. has to be. There was a lot of debate about it though, because it was further out. Um, and it was at the it was at a bigger stage.
0: Part of the reason that goal goes in, I think, as well, is because he just strikes it so hard. I mean, yeah, it's not placed the best, but a sh- strike a strike that's hit hard. Is gonna have a higher chance of going in than a shot that's struck well from that kind of range, in my opinion, because a goalie can cover his four corners if he's given enough time. But if you place that thing in the postage stamp and hit it as hard as you can, he's not gonna be able to shift over in time, which is effectively what happened. So I think that is another thing that we have, have to look one at. One
1: final question about the World Cup. Okay. Favorite match you watched minus the World Cup final? Because honestly, what else can you ask? Have a World Cup final? Besides that, what was the top game you watched?
0: Oh, that's a hard one. There's a couple that are in there for possible contention. Like one of the honorable mentions I can think of was like Netherlands Argentina. Potentially that was a good game, the free kick that came down to like the very last kick of the game. Um, Alden, do you have any off the top of your head? I can't think of the team
2: right now, but it was Serbia against an African nation. I want to say it was Cameroon, Cameroon, 3-3. That was a game for
0: me. That was good. Um, Did you win
1: any money on that game? I did, but
2: it was was that, plus the fact that Serbia finished with one point out of three games.
0: Uh, I'd have to go Morocco-Spain. Morocco-Spain was good. I think uh, Germany-Costa Rica was good. Spain-Germany and group stages. That was
1: one of the most, like... dynamic football games I've probably ever watched
0: that was interesting to watch too I was having a debate with one of the guys that's on my team and he loves Barcelona and we were having a conversation of like who's better Musiala or like Gabby or Pedri Um, and me personally I, I think that game edged it on the side of Musiala for me which was interesting uh, when we sat down and had that debate. But if I had to pick one game, for me personally, like my favorite game to watch was probably the England-France game. That game had a little bit of everything in there. Uh, England dominated at one part of the side. Um, France looked like they might fall back, but they took an early lead. And it just went end-to-end, obviously, besides the final that we already talked about. But that would probably be my favorite.
2: Did Harry Kane's penalty play a factor into your – that being your favorite game? Uh,
0: somewhat, yeah. The fact of the <laughs> matter is I tweeted out before the game saying that Drew's going to show why he's better than Harry Kane today, and Drew scored the game-winning goal, and Harry Kane missed the game-tying penalty. So. Have
1: you heard uh, where the ball was founded?
0: Apparently it's found on Mars. It's on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also did highlight in this final Julian Alvarez and his role, especially for this Argentinian side that won the World Cup, and I'm going to try and use him as a segue back to the pram more specifically to Manchester City in the game that just happened against Liverpool. I personally didn't watch the game. I talked to Brody a little bit before. He didn't watch the game. All you catch the game yesterday in the Carabao Cup? I
2: did. I watched
0: it. Okay, so what are your thoughts on City? You get to watch your team perform after the World Cup. Some of your players that maybe not had so great of a World Cup, <clears throat> Kevin De Bruyne, um, coming back and actually putting in a pretty good performance against a better quality side for Liverpool that I would say now than when they looked at before the, the World Cup break. So what are your thoughts on your team, man?
2: Um, in terms of the result, I think it's just, it's, it's always when we play against Liverpool, it's never an easy game. We score, they score right back. We scored in the 46th minute straight off of halftime, and they scored in like the 48th. That's just the way it is against Liverpool. In the end, we won off a corner of Nathan Ake goal, which was a good ball, amazing ball in from Kevin De Bruyne. Um, but I think it was a good game to watch. I saw a bunch of young players starting Rico Lewis is a 18 year old right back who started yesterday and he played a good game. They tried to move Mo Salah over to the left side because that's where Rico Lewis was. but Rico Lewis had none of it. 18 years old. He had a good shift. Cole Palmer is another youngster who played yesterday, 20 years old.
0: He had a pretty bad game, to be honest. Um, do you like him? I've yeah. seen him a couple of times come into, like, uh, Prem games, like, when you guys have already wrapped it up.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of him. Um, but he's a lucky fellow, man. Yeah, he should have scored he's yesterday. Technical. You see his miss yesterday. Uh-uh. Holland played on a ball just outside the six-yard box, and, like, if he takes it with his right foot, he scores, but he's very left-footed, and he just shot it with his left and put it so far wide. So, in terms <coughs> of that, I liked seeing the youngsters play. Uh, the whole team played good, I think. Uh, we saw... Who was it who came in? I think it was John Stones got a couple minutes. Phil Foden got some minutes. Just a bunch of – Gundogan had a good game as well. Everybody, I saw
0: a meme that he made the score of Germany-Brazil 8-1 <laughs> yeah, after yeah. he shoved the crap out of Fabinho on the yeah. ground.
2: And Rodri had a little scuffle with Fabinho as well. It was just – it was a game that had everything, to be honest. It's just typical Liverpool City, even if it is the Carabao Cup. I think it was an entertaining game, good result. Everybody played decent. well. Plus, it's, well.
0: you have to think it's the first game back that Pep and Klopp have to manage and they're managing against each other. So maybe they're like, I don't know, maybe this has been marinating in their heads a little bit of like, okay, maybe I can come out and win the media, stuff like that. That's why they feel that it's kind of like a 80% first team, 20% second team kind of game is what it seemed like. It's also the Carabao Cup. So at the end of the day, like it's not the worst thing in the world. If you exit it uh, in terms of being a trophy that you want to win at the end of the year. Um, but it's never fun to to go out of a trophy, especially when you could progress to the semifinals. It's
2: so. kind of a big deal for both teams in a sense because every year, um, like if City win the triple this year, people will say, oh, they didn't do the quadruple. So we, we have to stay in every cup. And I think the same goes for Liverpool, even though they're not as good this season. Um, so I think that that was a big game for us yesterday.
0: I think it was a bigger game for you guys yesterday day than it was Liverpool because if Liverpool win that game, they have to stay in the competition for a little bit longer. It's a trophy um, for them, though. I mean, it don't really matter at this point. That That's not really a trophy that matters. What matters is they're sitting it, like... It
1: matters if you're going for the quadruple.
0: But they're not. They're sitting eighth place in the Premier League right now, man. They've got bigger fish to fry than winning the Carabao Cup. In they could do opinion. the double with the FA. I don't know. I
2: think the, every trophy counts, personally.
0: Like those I, I would those. agree. You
1: sound like a Tottenham fan right now. Nah. <laughs> I would agree
0: that every trophy does count to a certain extent, but if I'm looking at eighth in the Prem whenever I'm Liverpool, if I, if I have to choose between getting sixth and winning a Carabao Cup versus getting fourth and getting knocked out in the quarterfinal, I'll take getting knocked out and get fourth and stay in the Champions League and get that money than win the Carabao Cup and, and have my nice little trophy celebration, but I still finish in Europa I League I still get
1: money for the Cup.
0: That's fair, but you also aren't getting all the views, sponsorships, and everything for a whole next season but of Champions to League. Talk
1: about City. First game back, Holland scoring again. You know I mean? missed he, it. I missed <laughs> it. I needed it. I, I, we we all saw this guy at the beginning of the pram. Dangerous. Dangerous guy. He just had a month and a half to just train and get better. This guy didn't even take a vacation. He just trained. Like, you know how dangerous that is. Like, if, like if I'm a defender and I play Holland tomorrow... I'm not sleeping. <laughs> like how do you how do you defend against this guy? No one's done it. It's just does he break the record this this season? That's my yeah. biggest question. Does he break
0: it? Yes. Like what is the like does anybody know the actual It's
1: 36, goal? I believe. And what's he and on right now? 18 in the prim.
0: So he has to continue and We're not, not even halfway.
1: Yeah, we're not even halfway yet.
0: I think it just depends.
1: First game back. And he's already bagging a goal.
0: And they're playing Liverpool, too. If so. he stays healthy, 100%. Yeah, I would agree. But that's – I mean, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. Right this
1: now. guy didn't have to put all these World Cup games on his legs, yeah. well, I'm not which even... is crazy because this was a huge talking point from <coughs> everyone in football is these guys barely get a break during the summer to have vacation, spend time with their family. Well, now you just put a World Cup on it, which usually happens in the summer. They're putting it in the middle of the season – I feel like we're going to see more injuries than than we usually do. We're going to see more guys subbed. Now you just gave one of the best strikers in the world right now a month and a half off to just train, recover, rest, and make sure his body's a hundred percent for the rest of the season.
2: I love the Erling Holland um, like promotion, but another player who got who got that same break was Riyad Mahrez, and he scored yesterday. And I think he he might be a player who plays a pivotal role in our like he does in the second half of our season in the Champions League knockouts. He's always there.
0: I was actually. I have two questions written down. Uh, my first question is: Will Man City win the Premier League, Alden? Yes,
1: hundred percent. I'm a United so? fan. I no one's touching. He them. thinks
0: what is it? The five-six gap. <laughs> he thinks that's good. Will Will <laughs> Will Man City win the Champions League this season? No. Yes. What is more important for you, the Champions League or the Premier League? It, the Champions League. It's I understand that. Champions so League. when 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 I have my talking point above this, where I yeah. say. Arsenal, top five points clear, but we don't have Jesus. Is that a problem for us? I think it depends on your team. I I, I rate Nketia. I rate Nketia, mate. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think we still win games. The problem that you have to face right now, the problem that you, you keep talking about, oh, he thinks five points clears. the problem is... You're in denial that you don't control your destiny. We control your destiny, man. We, we have to lose. Off of them. <laughs> we have to lose for you guys hey, to get a hey, not how
1: who beat Arsenal 3-1 this year? Bro, Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I, it's funny. I just saw the graphing <laughs> earlier today on Twitter of, like, all the teams. Like, where they've been in the, the first games. United was in 20th place when we beat you. Like, you know how embarrassing that is. Bro, we were in
0: 20th place last year, and then we beat Tottenham, who were in first place. Oh, congratulations! You beat Tottenham and switched them.
1: Go look at their trophy
0: cabinet. That's what I'm saying. But you're talking me sitting here that you you beat us when we did the same thing to Tottenham last year, and no one no one cared.
1: Oh no, it's Tottenham. So we don't care. No one cares
0: about Tottenham. I don't care. Just like no one cares about Manchester United right now. Oh, everyone cares about United right now because Ronaldo
1: just left, and Ronaldo just shit on the entire United. Everyone cares about United right now because everyone's gonna be like. How is this United team going to work without Ronaldo subbing in or whatever he's doing? But United finishes top four.
2: 100%.
0: I think Newcastle gets top four over United. Yeah, that's. I would agree with that. My top four, if I had to think about it right now, Arsenal, Man City. Um, uh, is this an order? This is just off the top of my head right Can I now. hear it in order? If you want to hear it in order.
1: I swear to God if you're Arsenal first. Arsenal in
0: first. Uh, man City. Please tell me you're kidding with the Arsenal in first. I'm not, man. I it's of, doable. I agree with what
2: Brody's saying. You guys, it is, like I keep telling you we can get six points off you, but you guys still have to take the, I don't know, Like, let's just say, I don't know what your schedule's been like. I don't know off the top of my head. You still have to take the trip to Anfield. You still have the London Derby at least. You have to play Tottenham. You have to play United again. You have to play us twice. Shush, man. We have what to was, play, what we was have the to score against United,
1: twice. Arsenal? I forgot. What was the score against Arsenal and United?
0: I don't remember, man. Oh, I there's I three. Well, One, I'll remind you. Point. Bro, you guys got lucky. You guys always beat us at Old Trafford, though. So, who else gets top four though? City and Arsenal. City, Arsenal, Newcastle. Um, maybe, the, maybe Tottenham. Maybe Tottenham. I'm not gonna lie.
2: I agree over Chelsea.
0: Yeah, Chelsea is not gonna be in that top four. No, uh, they're just not, not clicking. Gonna, Liverpool's not gonna be in the top four. I don't think so. Um, Manchester United are probably the most likely of the other big sixteens besides Tottenham. Haven't heard I that one in a while. Um, <laughs> but it's it's an interesting season. Where would you would you agree that good. the
1: football United is playing now is better than what they were playing a year or two ago?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that it's, it, it, it's, as a
1: United fan, it is more enjoyable to watch United play now than it was two years ago.
0: It's been beneficial for you guys to get an actual coach that makes your players better. That's and that's the main thing that I wanted to highlight with Ten Hogg when he first came in. <laughs> Is when Great you got team had team your team. guys like uh, Ole and Ralph come in. They were more managers. They wanted to uh, approach the more tactical side of the game. How can we?
1: Yeah, that's what that's what pissed me off last season with you, especially with United fans and you guys. Uh, you, everyone's out here trying to go at Ralph's throat. He was he was ne- he was, he was always just an interim manager. Get get us through the season. Yeah, everyone knows we're not winning anything. We'll be lucky to get us up above 10th, and everyone's out here shitting on Ralph, it was like we're waiting, Hog's coming Ralph's go up to his executive board like he's supposed to and it, at the beginning of the season oh my goodness, I want to rip my hair out but then we went and beat Arsenal, so it made my day a little bit better.
0: Well, it's also difficult, like I'll speak on it from an Arsenal perspective, I mean we had some trouble with like Unai um, and when Arteta came in there's a lot of people that maybe wanted him to go. We finished in eighth place two years in a row. Um, we were in 19th at the beginning of last season. Like it's not like everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows yeah, ta- straight it, off the it, bat.
1: It, it takes it's a process. It takes years.
0: And like then if this. you're sitting, you just
1: have a bunch of money. You just throw it everywhere, and you get lucky.
2: <laughs> Couldn't be my team. <laughs> we got a world class manager.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you
1: have arguably one of the greatest managers of all time.
0: One of the best managers money can buy. I mean, <laughs> is how some people would look at it.
1: But to to take this, bring the World Cup into factor and Boxing Day coming up. How like Boxing Day is such an important time of the year for
0: uh, a regular season. Exactly. But so how how different... how
1: important is like. Boxing Day this year. Well, that's, like I know that's, it's important. It's the, it's the first games back. The prem. Like everyone's gonna be excited, but like everyone's still buzzing over the World Cup.
0: That's one of my last questions. Actually, is what is the effect that the World Cup is gonna have on the Premier League season? Because, like you said, we injuries. might see more injuries. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be more games in the season that are gonna be played in a shorter amount of time than have ever been played before. Arguably maybe not with the COVID season and everything that happened, but, like, they were willing to make exceptions for that. It does not look like we're going to be making exceptions for this World Cup. It looks like the schedule's going to get condensed, both on the side of the Champions League, Europa Leagues, and on the side of the Premier League, and we're going to see, like, a lot more mid-game fixtures. So,
1: so back to your point about the Liverpool and uh, City game, about, like, getting knocked out of the Cup, the Caribou Cup, (coughs) does that actually... Benefit Liverpool now. That's one last cup out of their way just for this season. Don't get me wrong, I think every cup's important to win, like Alden said. But with this season with the World Cup, with the depth, Liverpool already doesn't have much depth because of injuries. Does that help? That's 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 one last cup they have to worry about getting games in and their schedule and everything.
2: I think it'll, yeah, if they can take advantage of their like of that, then yeah. But then again, they still have Champions League, they're in like Liverpool. We wouldn't say they're favorites to win the Champions League, but they're going to try their hardest. So I think Liverpool are still a force to be reckoned with. They still have a lot of games to play. If they can take advantage of that time that they've gained from losing the FA Cup and like getting time off, then yeah, they can become better in the Premier League and maybe get higher up.
0: But I think that they still have a lot of hard games to play. A lot of teams, I feel like, are going to start changing the way they approach seasons as well. Because when we look at how fast the games are going to be approaching now. Mix that with, we just had a world cup in the winter and we're hearing that the world cup might happen every three years and a new tournament called the club world cup is being implemented in 2025. So more games are coming both on an international level and on a club level. So I think one, we're going to start seeing a trend where teams that play less games in a year are going to start to do better across the board. I think that that's big. Number one, number two, we're going to see teams like currently this Arsenal team have to keep investing in their current squad even whenever they're doing well to have almost a second squad. I mean, that's, that what is, we, that's what City does. Exactly. And I mean, they and It, wor- it obviously it works.
1: League. Not taking anything away from City. They are arguably one of the best managed <laughs> teams right now when it comes to everything like that. But back to the World Cup and having an effect on the Prem, now go look at these some of these smaller teams, not even smaller teams. Put Newcastle up there. Newcastle didn't have a lot of guys go to the World Cup. Again, they just got a month and a half to. If I'm if I'm the manager or if I'm an owner, I'm saying I take full advantage of this month and a half off. Train, film, film session with the team, one on ones, everything to prepare for a month and a half to come back. Like so, Newcastle can go smack Liverpool. They can go beat City and.
0: Well, and they're already like fourth.
1: Exactly, and now they're out Then they're at a lower risk of dropping past that, out I of mean, the top four. You're gonna
0: see players like Harry Kane and Human Son that have not only that are have not only in their career put oh, their Jack loves son, by the way their team on the bat on their back in terms of their club team, but they've also had to put their international team on their back as well, and run. 15, 13 kilometers in three, four, five consecutive games, and then flip back and go to the most physical league in the world and come kind of have to wrestle with their own teammates on the international level who have been playing with them for the past month that know their tendencies inside out. So, yeah, there is a lot of room for this league to potentially flip upside down. And I think that it's important that we highlight the first week back in the Premier League, which is going to be Boxing Day. Um, and go through some of the fixtures that are happening, not just on Boxing Day itself, but on the 27th and the 28th, on the days that follow, um, and go back to our predictions and see how we see the next couple of games going.
2: It's been a while since we've had the predictions.
0: Yeah, seriously. So we'll see if we got any better at it from some of the earlier episodes that we haven't really made public yet. But we weren't too good at it as a disclaimer for some of you guys. But the first game, Monday the 26th, it's at 6.30 in the morning after you eat your... Christmas roast dinner and fall asleep at like seven thirty. Uh, you can wake up bright and early to watch Brentford Spurs. I will not be waking up early to watch that crap game. I might. Uh, Brentford are in a sticky situation. Ivan Tony uh, has recently come under breach by the FA betting rules on two hundred and thirty-two accounts, but they just added thirty more accounts. So I think that brings him up to a total of 262 and he has to respond to the charges by like January 4th, January 14th, 16th, something like that. So we're going to see a statement from Ivan Tony soon and see the repercussions of this. And I saw an article that said that Brentford is currently looking for a replacement striker in case of a lengthy ban to Ivan Tony, which I could potentially see um, for having 260 some impeachments of a betting rule. How do we see this one going potentially?
2: Uh, first and foremost, I respect him, but <laughs> second of all, I think he will lose his job to say the least for at least in, in, like six months. Uh, I think that Brentford will look for a striker, but they're not going to find. There's the, the striker market is dead right now. Outside of Holland, like we had no one to sign. Who are they going to sign? You
1: signed you signed Alvarez as well in the same. In the same but Alvarez
2: came, Alvarez came from nowhere. He came from Argentina. We bought him for I think twenty million. He was more of an investment player.
0: Brentf- Ronaldo to Brentford. <laughs> I wish, Sorry but nah. You
1: that
0: guy. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I don't
1: want. I don't want to say a, a draw on the first day of Boxing Day, but
0: two one Brentford. Um, I can see Spurs coming out and winning this one. I mean, it is at Brentford, but, but is
1: Harry Kane starting?
0: Yeah, Harry Kane will start. Come on, man. Yeah, it's the England enough. guys are already back. The England guys are back. They'll train. Harry Kane's fine. Mm. He wants to avenge his performance after missing the penalty. He'll score a goal or two against Brentford, and they'll move on swiftly.
2: I think Tottenham win.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be like a – I don't think it will be an easy win by any means. I think it might be a 1-0 or like a 2-1. Um, my final prediction will probably be like 2-1 to Spurs. But, yeah, I could see Tottenham winning this definitely for sure.
2: I think the next game I'm very intrigued by. Crystal Palace, Fulham. Um Gosh. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? Because I think the Palace are a good side. Um, I, mean, I think
0: Fulham have the edge in this one going into the game.
2: But going before the World Cup, Fulham or excuse me, Crystal Palace won their first away game of the season. It was against West Ham. So Crystal Palace are a very home-heavy team. You know, like they like to play at home. So yes, Fulham are in good form, but Palace are right up there with them in the table. And like I said, they're good at home. And What are your guys' thoughts? What's your prediction for this game?
0: I would see Fulham winning it. Um, Crystal Palace are a good team. I don't think that that, uh, prediction has anything to do, especially with like a lack of quality in the side. I just think that Fulham, under their manager, is going to be a well or better organized side with a stronger identity with some of the better players, especially in the middle of the field and like Paulina. Um, I think that that's where they'll run the game and therefore kind of dominate it in a sense and create more scoring chances. And I could see Fulham walking away with like a 1-0. But it's at home. It's at Selhurst Park. So I could also see maybe like a draw, like a 1-1 late one. So my final prediction will probably be like a 1-1 draw.
1: I got Fulham winning. Can't tell you why. But just both teams are – been good this season. They're tied at points right now. This game's actually really a big one for both sides. I, I want to say this is going to be a very close game. I'm, I'm going to give it 2-1 to Fulham, though.
0: Before we go any further, I feel like it's also key to highlight, like, I feel like we're predicting the beginning of the year all over again.
2: Exactly. We have
0: no idea, like, and we have some idea what these teams are going to look like and, like, how they're going to play. But, like, we have no expectations going into the first game back after a whole month off. like It's just very difficult to see how some of these are going to go. One game that I think is crystal clear in how this is going to go, though, is the next game that we'll talk about, Everton and Wolves. I think Everton take the cake in this game. Wolves are not a good team. I agree. They have, they're have somewhat having an identity crisis. They can't score goals. Um, and like you talked about with like Newcastle, a lot of these Everton players haven't gone off to the World Cup. They'll have time to train, and, like, I've looked... I remember Frank Lampard as a manager at Chelsea in the past. I looked at, like, some of his fine lists and everything. Bro, he's hella strict. I'm pretty sure he'll have these guys in training almost every day, working on things. Like, this is going to be a well-organized team when they come out, and I could see this being, like, a 2-0 game at home. Because Goodison Park is not an easy place to come in and have a good a good first game back from, from the Prem. Because all these grounds are going to be buzzing, too. We also have to think about that.
1: I think... Everton goes away for it. no, I think they just knock Wolves. That, Everton's not a bad squad. They have a good man and a decent manager now. He's still trying to figure out coaching in the Prem, obviously. But
0: I think he's adapted better than like Steven Gerrard. For oh hundred
1: percent. But yeah, I think Everton 4 0 smacks him.
0: Do you agree? I agree. Everton win. Next one moving on, let me pull it up here real quick. Southampton and Brighton. Yeah, Southampton and Brighton. Southampton is the home team for this one. Maybe Mac Allister comes back and plays. I don't exactly know if he will. I
1: highly doubt he comes back and plays. Yeah, I
0: doubt it. He's been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so has. Did you seen uh, the video of Messi drinking? Yeah. And him trying to walk. <laughs> I saw the one of, um, or I saw the thing that Ten Hogg came out and said about Martinez, um, and he was oh, like, oh. You know, he's been celebrating in Buenos Aires, but the Premier League will go on. You know, blah blah blah. Basically, telling him he needs to come back and train and do all this and blah blah. He blah, just blah. he, 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 he just He's just
1: mad that Netherlands lost. Yeah, Target he's, he, 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 he,
0: he's <laughs> big crying in the club. But uh, Southampton are an interesting side. I don't really have much thoughts on them um, for this game. I mean, I they're see,
1: battling relegation. Any yeah. any point will help them crawl out of that. Because Everton's right there next to both of those
0: teams that we just talked about. Some of these Brighton players have had good World Cups, too. Like, McAllister played well. Matoma, while coming off the bench, I mean, he was a part of the um, life that came on for Japan and sparked the comeback against Germany, I think it was. So, like, or maybe Spain. When they scored the goal, that was, like, over the line, but, like, not over the line. Yeah, Spain. So, yeah, he was a big uh, factor in that. So... I could see Brighton just having a little bit more pep in their step for this game, having a bit more quality in their side as well, and edging this one like maybe 2-0, 3-1, something like that.
2: I'm a big fan of Southampton, but when you look at the table, I think, yeah, it's hard to disagree that this game is in Brighton's hands, even though it's a
0: win. We do talk about, when we talk about Southampton, though we more often than not talk about how hard it is to go there and play. um, Do you think that could affect this game in any way, shape, or form? Possibly, like you said, the grounds will be buzzing on Boxing Day. Um, but
2: I think it's – the Southampton team is just – it's interesting. I like watching them. They're young. They have a lot of players that interest me. But I i don't know. I don't think they get points here,
0: unfortunately, even though they're at home. We talked about this team earlier. Newcastle traveled to Leicester. Brody, how do you see this one going? 1-1 one, one draw. Why is that? Any reasoning behind that? Or is that you're just your gut feeling? Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's going to score for Leicester?
1: Yeah, I think it's 1-1. I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, Leicester is on the – obviously, we're not seeing the best squad we've ever seen them play in. But at the same time, it's just 1-1. I just got a feeling. <laughs> Newcastle's got to travel there and
2: play. It's not easy. Alden? I think it's Newcastle's game. 2 3 no I
0: would agree. Yeah. I don't think Leicester are a particularly strong side. James Madison isn't. Just Wait. Hasn't been playing, like, amazing football. Um, The guy
1: just traveled all the way out for the World Cup. Didn't step on the pitch once. He is fuming. He's ready to be back on the pitch and play.
0: What does he expect? He barely made the roster.
1: Yeah, but I'd rather not been picked at all. I'd rather just stayed home.
0: That's what I would say. I'd rather
1: just stayed home if I'm not going to make it. Because we know for a damn fact that England was never going to win the World Cup. It's never coming home to England.
0: I can agree with that one, man. So... A draw, 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I don't see a draw. I see Newcastle. So I can, this
1: someone's got a draw on these fixtures, so that, that's the game that's drawing. I think it's either
2: it's the Fulham game or the Southampton
0: game. Yeah, I think the Fulham no. game is more likely a draw than the Newcastle no, game because a a Newcastle will kind of run right with Leicester. Probably, I would say, same as the Brighton-Southampton score, 3-1 for them. Liverpool travel to Aston Villa.
1: That's, this is an interesting one at the table. Villa sits at – the middle of the table is really interesting. Every, everyone's in by like one, by or, two one or two points. Villa wins this game. They're only one point away from Liverpool. And Liverpool starts dropping if other games pan out how they're supposed to. But then you put – in Liverpool's already played a game since back from the World Cup. Yes, not everyone's in the squad. But you have – as a manager, you have one game under your belt after World Cup versus a manager who doesn't have a game under his belt. And but it's it's your uh, old old manager. How do you feel about this one, Jack?
0: Two 0 Liverpool. I think that Liverpool had their creative moments against Man City. When I watched the highlights, um, it was a disappointing game from Darwin Nunez. He got put in a lot of positions, and I don't think that he's the eighty million dollar striker that Liverpool. Better than Holland. <laughs> he's, he's not the striker that everybody thought that he would be when they like came in and people were like, oh, he's going to compete with Holland and do all this stuff but he's not horrible give him a couple years, give him another half of a season, he'll start scoring some goals, man, he'll pick him up do he's, you think he
1: scores goals now this, the, like, the second half of the season after the World Cup?
0: He needs his confidence to be picked up you can't biff <laughs> the same exact chance three times in the game like he did and then expect to have the confidence to just go and score in any given game on any given day. Um, It hurts a little bit too when you see players like Salah's hurting on confidence a little bit. Um, but then you're going to start to get some of your key players back. Virgil van Dijk has just been playing for the Netherlands, and he's been playing very strong defense and a very good organized side. Maybe that'll play to your benefit. Jordan Henderson played a pivotal role for England. He's going to come back, maybe start in that midfield. He showed he's still got the legs to play at a very, very high level. Maybe that'll affect your midfield. Thiago didn't get selected for Spain. He had some time off. He might play a significant role in this midfield. So there's going to be a lot of factors coming into play,
1: Especially on the Liverpool side.
0: Especially. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I think that their game against City, I saw a similar Liverpool to the Liverpool we've seen in the past and not a similar Liverpool to the Liverpool we've seen the past couple months. And I think that this is where they start to put the key in the ignition and put their car in drive and start to move up the table rather than keep, like... Uh, being inconsistent with their results as they have been uh, so far in the tournament. I would I the... would
1: love to go with Villa on this game, just because I hate Liverpool. <laughs> but like you said, it, it's fun football to watch, and a lot this month and a half off helped a lot of those guys with injuries to come back. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting if Allison's starting in that game. I mean, we, we didn't see him yesterday, but. I mean, that's a very big key in Liverpool right there. They play a lot out of the back, and when you have arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world with his feet not there, it obviously has something to do with it. But I'm going to go 2-1 Villa.
0: Brody's got Villa. I've got uh, Liverpool. All oh, then who? which side are you taking? i got Liverpool as well. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. I mean, it seems pretty likely that Liverpool is going to win this game. What's your, what's your score have, prediction? Have though?
1: some heart for the underdogs.
0: I'm going to go – 2-0 Liverpool. I can see that. They're two goals better than Aston Villa, in my opinion, when you just look at the squads alone. so um, I'm very excited to talk about this next game. Arsenal host West Ham at the Emirates. It's the London Derby. First game back. Boxing Day. I get to watch it at 2 p.m. We're cakewalking these guys. I hope West Ham comes out and them
1: Max Arsenal around. But it's not going to happen it's not, because we're going to come out good there
0: and we're going to smack them and we're going to play the most beautiful football you've seen since Barcelona. And okay. we are going to absolutely demolish this West Ham side and it's going to be like 3 0.
2: The most beautiful football
0: until the 28th when City play. I think it'll be 3 4 nil Arsenal, though.
1: Yeah.
0: It'll be interesting, though. I'm also, that was like just me getting hyped up because <laughs> uh, now I also forgot that we like don't have Gabriel Jesus. Oopsie-daisy. But has uh, did the job when he came in last year. So I don't feel like we're going to have a problem. Like, I would have a lot more of an issue with us missing Gabby if Jesus scored more than two goals all year. Plain and simple, he's had a kind of an off year for finishing. He sets up a lot of goals. But Enketi works just as hard. Sure, he offers a different aspect to his game. He's not as flary. He's not as uh, carry the ball. But he's more move-off-the-ball. And I think that that might open up some spaces for guys like Martinelli to play more pivotal roles, like Sokka to to find more of an identity in this squad with him contributing more to goals. So I'm very excited to watch this game uh, on Boxing Day. But we've covered all the games on Boxing Day, um, unless you guys want to have anything else to say. So we'll move on to the games that are happening on that Tuesday, the 27th, the first one being Chelsea at home hosting Bournemouth. Uh, We get to watch Graham Potter again with this Chelsea side. Personally, in my opinion, Chelsea have been kind of flat since his appointment. I understand he's a manager that came in with a squad that he didn't necessarily select. I understand that he's still trying to rotate some of these guys and figure out what system might be best for them to play, find an identity. Uh, But some people online have been highlighting that they kind of do have a striker issue because Aubameyang might not score you 20 goals a season. Same with Broja, same with some of these midfield contribute, contrib- contributors uh, like, like Gallagher, like Mount. Is Sterling going to get to the goals that they thought that he might potentially provide? Um, question- Chelsea's questionable in my eyes.
1: I 100% agree.
0: Yet they win this game, in yeah, my Yeah,
1: Bournemouth hasn't been good this season. But I don't want to sit here and say Chelsea's going to thump because they're not, they're, the goals aren't there for Chelsea right now. So, I say a 1-0 win for Chelsea. And at the end of the day, I think pulling three points from this game is a big win for Chelsea no matter what.
2: I agree,
0: 1-0. 1-0 Chelsea, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I'm not going to lie. Brody, you get to take the cake on Uh, this one. Manchester United at home against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday the 27th. How do you feel? You scared? No. But I'm not going to sit here and say
1: we're going to thomp Nottingham – because I've said that in the past about other teams that we should thump and we don't. Plus, uh, good old Jesse gets to make his return back to Old Trafford. It ha- really hasn't done that well for Nottingham. But you know, I hope he gets the start. Well, he just went there for the bag anyway. Yeah, I, ho- I hope he gets the start. That'd, that'd be nice to see him back on Old Trafford at the start. Or even if he comes in off the bench, I just want to see him play. But uh, it's hard to give a score prediction with United when you our zero goal differential on the on the table. You've scored 20 goals, we've also conceded 20 goals. It's hard to it's hard to sit here and say what a score prediction is, but I give I give United a 2-0 win yeah, and getting scoring more than one goal in a game for us is important. I think we need to get our goal differential up. If I if we go in there and beat them 6-0, be I I'll do a beer mile. <laughs> I, I I'll if we go in and beat anything more than 4-0,
0: I'll do a beer mile, and Alden will time me. Alden, you've got to have, uh, a lot to follow up. But I go 2-0. In that claim. What do I you agree. What you think this game? 2-0. Is there a reason for that?
2: No. I mean, they're playing at home. I think Nottingham are not, not good. Um, and maybe now we'll see a different attack for Manchester United. After Christian Eriksen had a decent group stage, um, Ronaldo's gone. Maybe it'll give some more freedom to some other strikers in that position maybe marcus rashford will be a marcus rashford had a decent tournament maybe he'll still be that guy you never know
0: i think when you look at this manchester united side ten Hogg has had a month to just kind of get the media off his back rashford's played well when he's come off the bench from england bruno fernandez played well for portugal um you're gonna have some guys get some rest mcguire has played well Alessandro Martinez has won a World Cup. Varane made it to the World Cup final. He played pretty well. His United side looks pretty good. Anthony did all right for Brazil, but he wasn't anything special. I mean, he, so, he, 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 yeah. But I think Manchester United are going to play pretty well, man. They they seem to play better without Cristiano Ronaldo. I
1: can't say that as a United fan because every time I get my hopes up, they get crushed. So I'm I'm staying neutral this time.
0: But I think you guys are going to play really well in this game. And I'm going to watch this game, and I, I think that you guys are going to bop them. I think that the final score will be 4-1 to one to you guys.
1: The thing is I don't want to concede.
0: I partially say that in hopes that I'm wrong and that you guys lose and I just get to laugh at you. But I genuinely do think that you but guys But when you have,
1: have one of the greatest shot stoppers to, to ever play the game?
0: But you guys will – I'm just going to skip over that one. You guys <laughs> What will... do you
1: mean? You can't sit here and tell me – De Gea he didn't even go to the World Cup.
0: De Gea is so yeah. Inconsistent. How they do? How they do? De Gea is so inconsistent, dog. One minute uh, you guys love him because he saves. No, I, I'll sit here and tell you right now. De Gea is
1: probably one of the worst goalkeepers I've ever seen in this feat. But shot stopping wise, I'm he's not. I'm, shot not I'm not. saying. I'm not saying holding on to the every shot. Reaction time and shot stopping,
0: one of the best in the world. He's a good shot stopper, but I wouldn't say that he's like the best or one of the best in the world. Shot stopping?
1: Yeah. Don't make me pull up his highlights right here and we'll watch oh my
0: them. Oh, gosh. Um, any last thoughts on Manchester United before you move on to the, oh, the last game? Manchester's United? red. <laughs> uh, let's go over to the blue side. Uh, Alden, you take it over, man.
2: Leeds away. It's going to be a tough game. I think I go 2-1 City just because it's an away game, and I think that we're not going to be able to put 3-4 past them at their own stadium. Mm, I wouldn't say nervous. Jesse Power. I wouldn't say the f- – it's gonna be a tough game, but I wouldn't say nervous. I think we'll
0: walk away with three points. If I were you, I'd be shaking in my boots, man. I'm not gonna lie.
1: They beat, they beat Liverpool.
0: They packed us in, man.
2: You guys barely beat them. You guys got so lucky at their stadium. So lucky.
0: Um, I. See, Leeds win one 0
1: Really? You see, I, I can't say I can't. Erling say, Holland. Yeah, I, I want to say I would, I. They, I think Leeds win this game, but I don't think there's a clean sheet. I really don't. I, I want to – but the thing is, I don't see Leeds scoring more than one goal. Exactly. I think maybe – But, again, no one saw Leeds beating Liverpool. And here's Jesse March, famous fist pump or whatever he was doing. And everyone leaves, loves seeing a Jesse March celebration on the sidelines. you got to do it against a Klopp. Why not do it against Pep? 2-1, Leeds win this game. That's mad.
0: I could see a one nil just because maybe like Leeds score an early goal. Leeds do defend well. They really do. They just if it was at, if it was not at Leeds it's a different story. But this is the first game back. They're going to be so excited to watch their home team play. It's 3 it's 2 or 3 days after Christmas. People are gonna be the spirits are gonna be high, people are gonna wanna have fun, and they're gonna be there to give you guys This guy should
1: give you nightmares. <laughs> this guy should give you
2: nightmares.
0: <laughs> Millier is a trash goalkeeper. He's alright. I mean He played so well against Liverpool. He makes his mistakes sometimes, but he, he does have some of those games he's, where he just young. absolutely does does not concede. Um
2: I think City will are kind of already in their rhythm. We just played at the at our own stadium against Liverpool. In a decently like it had a good atmosphere, we won the game. I feel like we're kind of already back in that rhythm, whereas Leeds might not be, even though it is their stadium. So I think
0: that we can get three points here. Fair enough. Um, that rounds us off for the rest of the games. Any last thoughts on the World Cup, potential Prem games for Boxing Day, transfer talks, rumors, anything like that? Whether we want to. Get to I can't wait
1: for January. I, I feel
0: like there's going to be a lot more transfers this year than we've seen in the past for sure. Yeah, after the World Cup.
1: I'm, I'm just excited for guys that raise their stocks from this World Cup. It, it's going to be interesting on who signs who and who goes out on loan deals. Like I was saying, Matt, Matt Turner, we might be seeing him in a champion's uh, position or we could see him being loaned out somewhere in the Prem or somewhere else in Europe. Um, McAllister is who I'm looking most forward to.
0: And even, like, there's already been some transfers that have already happened, but not even for January, just for the rest of the year, just because people have already taken time off. Like, I saw that uh, Nkuku joined Chelsea, but not until, like, next year. Uh, there's just been a couple of other deals. Ronaldo was supposed to join Al Nassir for seven years. Uh, Who, like,
1: what's, what's the guy's name that plays in the Chinese league? Or is it the Japanese league? The guy that's like. The fit, super old guy? Yeah, he's like 50 or some years old. That's <laughs> what going to. Like at the end of the day, Ronaldo is just like, he's just collecting money.
0: Well, apparently, part of his contract would also be to help serve as an ambassador for the Saudi Arabian 2030 World Cup bid. Is what, really? Yeah, is what part of that contract is for. So they would probably throw in a lot of money at him just to try and also Okay
1: again it's Saudi Arabia. That league has so much money, that country has so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. Like if they could bring Messi and Ronaldo to join on the same team, they would do it.
0: I just think that if you're Ronaldo and you've been talking about your legacy and how much it means to you and all of that for the past couple of years. And then at the very end, you can't find anywhere to play for. And your only option is to go play in Saudi Arabia where you have to accept $200 million a year. You're not really following your going after your legacy, are you? You're just chasing the bag, which is what if, if it was about that from day one, then I can understand and follow it. But you, I don't give a crap how many Saudi Arabian league titles you this win. That's is, not this is add this to is this is
1: what legacy. this is what amazes me. It's when Messi made the move to PSG, and everyone's like, "Oh, like he's playing in a farmers league. Who cares?" Well, what's Ronaldo going to do in doing right now? Like, who? Like at the end of the day, like if he goes and bags thirty plus goals,
0: League One is a different league than the Saudi Arabian league. Exactly, right?
1: That's what I'm saying. Like if he goes and bags thirty goals this season. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Messi could never." It's like, dude, come like this. this that's why I think the Messi Ronaldo debate is so stupid because you put it down to goals and stuff. At the end of the day, yes, I love incentive. To our, I love to debate about who's better. But in the, the day, we got to be alive to watch two of the greatest football players
0: of all time. In my opinion, two of the best, like the top two. Top two, interchangeable. Like, I don't think there'll ever be another moment in football that is better than or another era in football that's better than the Messi-Ronaldo era. I think that's what originally, like, globalized football originally. And I think that it's, it's very sad to, like, as a way to kind of wrap this up, to look back at the past World Cup and be like, yeah, some of these guys are coming out and saying, like, oh, they want to play in the Euros and do this and do that, but they might be bench players, man. Like, their actual significant impact in, like, carrying the captain's armband – being the inspiration, the reason behind everything has kind of gone away. And I think that the last person that we can kind of cling our hopes to in terms of like not letting that era go is Neymar. And it really hurt me to see Brazil go out in the world cup. Never been happier. um, Because he's somebody that I feel like has put a lot of the struggle of the Brazilian nation on his back in terms of football and wanting to win the world cup and everything. But I think like, he as a player is instrumental in looking at like a new era of football is is coming, especially when we look at the final and how like Mbappe might've outplayed Messi in the final, but Messi is just the goat and came out with the win kind of like just how football was written that way, I guess in a certain, uh, to a certain extent, but we'll see what football has in store for us this next week. As we look uh, to boxing day, Hopefully you guys listening have a Merry Christmas. Brody, have a Merry Christmas. If I don't get to see you before uh, that and everything, Alden, I don't think you celebrate Christmas. Do you?
2: No, I'll be sitting in my house bored. Yeah, so Alden
0: will be <laughs> bored, man. But uh, I hope Allah blesses you as well, man. To everybody listening, the same. So yeah, bro. Alhamdulillah. Have a great rest of your night. Anything else to say, Brody? It was lovely to have you here. Uh,
1: thanks for having me. Uh Manchester's red. (laughs) 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 What a way to end it.
0: (laughs) Well, we hope you come back. Um, I gave Cam a little gift for the first episode when he came on here just because I had an extra Chelsea flag, but... When you come back, we'll try and find a gift for you. I still owe Alden a gift too. He salted that. I <laughs> He's a, joke.
2: He's a joke. Don't
0: um, worry.
1: Uh, I'm a little salty now. I'll have you a dome flag when you when you okay. come to Crete, Nebraska. Then we
0: can like set it up and turn this into like a whole studio thing. <laughs> so when you get that, we'll we'll make sure everybody knows it. But thank you for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed and have a great rest of your nights.